0: Hello, and welcome back to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the curious one podcast for this conversation i am joined by the lovely rachel wolakachuk when i first stumbled upon rachel over on instagram i was drawn to her bubbly personality but ended up staying for all the knowledgeable content she was sharing around health nutrition and training rachel is currently studying to become a naturopathic doctor while also taking on clients as a physique coach During our conversation, we chatted about how growing up in different countries has shaped her into who she is today. She also shared about her personal health and fitness journey. What is naturopathic medicine? We also chatted further about how to find the ultimate health formula, the gut-brain connection, showing up authentically online, and so much more. Honestly, although Rachel and I have never met in real life, I still feel as though I can call her a friend. She has so much knowledge to share, and her passion is so evident when you hear her speak. I hope you enjoy our conversation, and if you know of someone you think will gain value from it, please share this episode with them. As well, if you are enjoying the conversations I'm having over here on the Curious One, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review. All right, rise with me, my friends, and let's jump into the episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious. And may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Okay, welcome, Rachel. And okay, for context, not for context, but um, before we start out, how the hell do I pronounce your last name?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like it's spelled. Like, oh, like, wow. So, phonetically, Walla Kachuk. Yeah.
0: I'm looking it at it. It sounds
1: like Walochatyuk. Yep. Yeah. It's Ukrainian. Can you repeat it again? Walla Walokachuk. Yeah. Ooh, and it's Ukrainian. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's where I get my big eyebrows from, you know?
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I have a little bit of Ukrainian in me, but more Danish. I love kind of near you. Yeah. And you're also a fellow Canadian.
1: I am. I but know. I mean,
0: you've had a pretty, a pretty wild life, which we'll get into in regards to your country of citizenship or yeah. just like your country of, of living. Yeah. Yes. So anyways, as I was saying, welcome to the Curious One podcast. I'm very excited to talk with you. Um, when we first met on like just in our meet and greet, we both said to each other, like, I felt like I'd already met you. So it's so, it, we just, we just vibe. So I'm, I'm so excited. You're just so bubbly and just so positive and, but you're filled with so much knowledge. So I'm, I, I think it's going to be a really good episode, but no pressure. I'm
1: honestly, no, I'm so <laughs> I feel like even just talking to you, like hearing your story about Australia, like you were like a barista working in a cafe. I'm like, that was my life in Australia. Like our mm-hmm. lives, I felt like are very parallel and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very cool. Even just yeah. like when you say like the first time I met you, it's like funny because it's like obviously through these tough times, it's like virtually, but honestly, I feel like I know you, like I feel yeah. like I've met you before.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Imagine if we met in person one day, that'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: so before we start out, um, I don't like asking people like, what do they do? I like asking people a bit about who they are and things that they're interested and passionate about. So can you share some of
1: that for the listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, what I do currently, what I do is I am a body recomposition coach. So virtually. So I currently have 22 clients. I love them all dearly. They're amazing. And they honestly, they, they inspire me. They, you know, my kind of, my message to them is not, not only, you don't have to like suffer to look good. Like, you don't have to eat small amounts of food. Like it's more about nourishing your body. And as well, like, so I have a background in naturopathic medicine. So I'm currently, I'm almost done my third year of my naturopathic medical degree. Holy crap. What a journey. (laughs) But that's also something I'm extremely passionate about. So wellness, like not just talking about like free of disease, right? That's what people go to the doctor for. And it's like, kind of like you're free of disease, right? You cover up the symptoms and that's fine. But I'm all about like optimal health. So like wellness and like looking and feeling your best and travel and and educating. And yeah, like I think for me, I, I'll probably get into this later, but like I actually went to school originally to be a teacher. So I, I've always been passionate about educating and I feel like I, I, you know, like you can see the light up in my eyes when I'm on Instagram story. Like I I am very passionate about certain health topics. Um, and I feel like I was born to be an educator, just teaching high school kids maybe like, wasn't, wasn't that for me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just passionate about educating, like making impactful education for people and, and wellness and really like I think like from I'm very passionate about like food and nutrition and how like food is truly medicine and it all starts from an educational level. Like if we're teaching kids how to eat properly, like that is only going to like be better for the world in general. And like I want to be a big part in that. I want to be a leader in like implementing that into the into the education system.
0: I love it. And it's so true. It's like, you are what you eat. And it's also so foundational in like our mood, how we show up, uh, how we feel in ourselves and preventative as well. And yeah. um, what was that? it's almost like a ripple effect. Like once you start eating good as well, that you feel more inclined to work out. And then when you work out, then you feel more inclined to like, I don't know, work on things maybe more mentally and things like that. I think it's a very foundational point. I mean, I studied nutrition and in school as well. So I'm I'm very passionate too. And I I I really I think it's amazing the work that you're doing. And so I found you through well actually I technically I found you through Micah, yeah. who is a previous podcast guest. And um so you're one of her clients, right? At the moment. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. She ha- she is seriously like an inspiration. Like thank <laughs> her and Ewan. Like I've done I've done like one on one like Skype meetings with you and as well just from like he's super passionate about like business. Yeah so like, he, he like always gets my wheels turning. And then Micah is just like, she's just amazing. Like, honestly, she is so inspirational. I hope she's listening to this. It <laughs> seriously deserves like such a major shout out. Like she honestly, like has changed my life. Like she's incredible. And she just helped me be like, become more confident about sharing about what I'm passionate about. Like mm-hmm. she is, she was that for me. And so that like, if I ever wrote a book like you and a Micah would be a chapter. Oh,
0: oh, a whole chapter, not just dedication.
1: Oh, I love it. Or acknowledgements. They got a whole chapter.
0: Well, just so you know, side note, I'm actually recording with both of them tomorrow. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've had them both separately. So um, I'm going to record with them together and it's Valentine's day for them the day I record with
1: them. I'm third feeling Like I, their wedding is just going to be like... (laughs) I'm going to be, be, be next level. level. Yeah, It's crazy because I actually haven't even met them in person. And I yet. know. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like I have, right? Yeah. Just like us. Um,
0: oh, so sorry. What I was saying about that. So that's how I found you was through Micah's page, I believe, because um, she shares a lot of her clients' stories. And I just kept seeing your face pop up and I was like, this girl's really cool. And she's sharing such informative information and you were uh, de- demystifying. Is that the right word? like myths? Yeah, like debunking. Debunking. That's better. Um, You're debunking a lot of myths or just misinformation um, or narratives in the health and fitness industry that honestly I fell into for over five years, like well over five years. And it wasn't until this year, this past year that I got I started actually listening to my boyfriend who's a personal trainer and taking this stuff seriously. And that was when I saw the changes. I was the girl on the treadmill, like running, working as hard as I could and eating as little as possible and like doing the plant-based, everything like that. So um, I love what you're doing and I can't wait to dive into it more, but I want to back up a bit before we get into all that. I know I kind of talked about a lot there. And You've had a pretty crazy upbringing and I think it's always interesting to hear about people's um, childhood because I think it influences who they are today. And so, as I said at the beginning, you are Canadian, but you didn't really grow up in Canada. Is that right? Can you share a bit about like your childhood?
1: Yes, I yeah. I love to. It's, it's such a, this is so funny because like even coming to university in Canada, cause I'll start there and then you get, you get the question, where are you from? I'm like, that question for me is like, <laughs> like start right. But then you don't want to come across as like, Oh, I'm from here, here, here. Right. Like, you don't yeah. want to be like, Oh, like, okay, <laughs> we get it. Like we've, I should have, am I allowed to curse on this? Podcast? Oh yeah, you totally are. Go for it. <laughs> right. So, okay. So basically I was born in Canada and two weeks later, we moved to Chicago. So my dad got a job opportunity, dies in telecom. Um, and we stayed there for a year. And then we moved to Singapore for four years. So I had a lot of my childhood in actually in Asia. So I from two to six years old, I lived in Singapore. So I did JK there, SK there, my sister was two years older than me. So she did grade one and two there. Um, and so that in itself, just like, you know, being around other cultures and celebrating other cultures and celebrating different holidays and celebrating Ramadan with with different families, right? Because we became close with different people and different families. So, um, you know, coming, Over and then after that, so when I started grade one, we moved to South Florida, so that was like a culture shock in itself, right? Like my mom always tells the story, like when I had my first birthday party, it was like, okay, everyone invite your friends. It was like the multicultural like (laughs) crew, like everyone's coming over. Yeah, and for me, that was just kind of normal. Like I was attracted to that kind of person, and so they actually call us TCKs, so Third Culture Kids. Um, Okay, and so that's actually there's a name for it. It's like people who were raised in a culture other than their parents or a culture of their country nationality, but they also live in a different environment, like for a significant part of their childhood years. So not Florida wasn't just the end. So actually halfway through high school. So grade 10, where I thought I was like coasting. I'm like, I'm graduating here. Like I'm, you know, I, I'm American, but even though we were still Canadian, my parents were like, just kidding. We're actually moving to South Korea. So I did 11 and 12 in Seoul, South Korea, which I mean, I definitely just, given my athletics, like my athletic career, I was a little bit devastated, but I'll actually get into that later. Cause that kind of goes along with my personal health and fitness journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like that was a culture shock in itself, but it ended up being like the coolest experience ever. Like I met the most amazing people and I just felt like you like belong, like you, you, you know that you're kind of an outsider because I did grow up for like quite a number of years, kind of like not in Canada. Um, and yeah, so kind kind of an outsider, kind of a nomad, but, um, and yeah, I think for, for me, it's like home doesn't necessarily like resonate where I am. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily drive down a certain street. Like sure, there are streets where I'm like, oh, this is home, like grandma and grandpa's house. You know what I mean? Like they lived there since I was born, but in terms of, it's more about like the family, like when I'm with my parents and my sister, like that's home. That's home mm-hmm. for me. hmm That's awesome. Yeah. And I think so, uh, I was going to say like after that though, you, you've lived other places. Yeah. So then I, we've graduated South Korea, went, actually ended up going to Brock University in Canada, in Ontario. So both my parents graduated from Brock. So for some reason I was just like, I want to go to Brock. And my parents always laughed so they're like, you can go anywhere you want in the world <laughs> <laughs> go back to the Niagara region. <laughs> and, but there was always something for me, like Canada is home. There is something just for me that Canada is home. Um, but then I did my health and physical education degree there as well as I did the Con Ed program. So that's why I wanted to become a teacher. About halfway through, I was like, "Mm, just kidding. But I finished it. Um and then I moved to New Zealand for about 10 months. Um, actually with it was with an ex-boyfriend. There was like a a hockey opportunity. So I was like, yep, sign me up. Um, and then that didn't work out. So I actually ended up being like, okay, I'm going to Sydney and just gonna like live the life and see what happens there. And then honestly, I ended up staying like three and a half years. So How I did you stay life, so long? Broken again and then went back. Um, um, you know, just the usual. How did I stay so long? I actually got sponsored through the right. company I was working for. So I was like a health, like a health food manager. Like I worked for I think I had told you the Bondi juice company. So I did all, a lot of their recipe development. I ended up managing the place and they sponsored me. And I was so thankful, right? Because like I don't I actually ended up not having to do farm work, which is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um I, I saw my sister graduate medical school. Cause she's an, she's an MD. So we'll talk about that in a little, mm-hmm. And I was like something inside of me. I was like, I have to, I have to go back to school. Like, this is it. This is my time. There's no time like now. So yeah, I currently, well I'm currently in Florida right now with my parents, but I normally live in Toronto with my beautiful roommate and we both attend Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine so we are I'm yeah almost finished my third year and my fourth year is around the corner and that's my clinical year so I actually can take on patients um, and I'm so excited. How many years is it in total we'll also get into this but how many years is it? It's four years it's, um, so you have to have like your undergrad and then it's a four-year doctorate program. So okay. you can, you can do like this, like the slow version, you can do it in like five or six, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just like, Getting I, gotta, over. I gotta get it
0: touch. Yeah. I respect it. Um, mm-hmm. how do you think that like, you've touched on it a bit, but how, how do you think that living in all these different places has impacted who you are now?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> um, so I just feel like I Um, I can get along and relate to a lot of different people. Like I find that I'm pretty outgoing and I can walk into a room and I feel like I can connect with, even if the people they have, we don't have similar interests. I feel like I am able to at least find something that we can talk about and we're interested in. And I'm, I'm very good at talking to people and making friends. And I think that's because I was kind of I don't want to even use this term, but kind of dragged around the world. Right. Like it was like here. And then, you know, I've I've been to so many different schools, even just like growing up from JK to grade 12. Um, And yeah, I am grateful for that because I I feel like I fit in, in, in a weird way. Like I fit in Mm -hmm. everywhere. And even just in high school, like I was always that person, like I didn't just have my one little click. Like I was able to kind of socialize with a lot of different people. So I am really grateful for that experience because I feel like it gives me that ease to talk to people and to just put myself out there and like, be kind of like unapologetically myself because I had no other choice to just to do that. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. I had a friend or I have a friend I told you, and she had a similar story. I can't remember what her dad did. I think he worked for a bank or something, but she lived all over the world as well. And like now she she's Canadian, but now she lives in Australia and she just, she just loves it. And I always found we had traveled together a bit while we were in Australia together. And I just always really like traveling with her because not only was she just like super chill and like go with the flow, but I always knew like going into new social situations that like I knew we were going to be fine. You know, like we could either vibe off each other or just like do our own thing. It's not like, you know, sometimes you have like, you're with someone and you're like, oh God, hi, I'm whatever. And this <laughs> is my friend. And they like, you're your shadow. Whereas like I would we would either be like on par or if anything, she'd be like, this is my friend Emma. Like, look at these people I And it was always just so fun. I just her outlook on life is always just so I don't know. I think it's awesome. So shout out to Amy. Um I don't know if she listens Amy, to we you. love
1: you, Amy. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna tell her to listen. I don't even know if she does, but <laughs> I'm going to force her to. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um She'll be in the show notes. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I want to now ask, um, because we are going to like talk about many things. I'm just going to get to it. I want to learn more about your personal health
1: and fitness journey. Like what did that look like? Yeah, it's been, it's definitely had ups and downs. And I feel like a lot of like personal health and fitness journeys do. Mm. Um, especially just seeing like, there's so many people that are sharing that like on social media and like, it's kind of nice because like, this is my chance to not share that. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of like you know, share that everyone has a starting point and there are ups and downs. I think a lot of people see the end result and they're like, I'm never going to get there or I'm never going to be that. That could never be me. And it's like, I want to empower, I want to empower people. Um, so I think it's cool like that. Yeah. That I can tell the story. Um, so I have always been very athletic. That's kind of like, I grew up, I was like the sporty one. My sister was like the mathlete. I mean, yeah, we forced her to play basketball sometimes. <laughs> she was really tall, She got the tall jeans. Um, so I, I've tried every different sport under the sun and there are a couple of sports that stuck. And my dad is like a big influence in that. Like he was always at every game, like being, telling me what I did good, what I did, like what I need to improve on. So that was really cool too. As he, he's like an athlete. He used to play hockey, he played hockey for Brock actually. So ah. you know, go back, go back to the stomping grounds. Um, so that was kind of like my identity identified as an athlete. I had a massive knee injury um, happen actually in grade nine. So my, my main sport was lacrosse. Like that was my passion okay. I to go like D one. Like I was like, we were hiring people that I was, I was starting to get like based not drafted. What do they call it? Like scouted like people yeah. were wanting to know my name. And even like in grade seven, the varsity coach for high school was like, you're going to like grade nine is your year. You're going to be on varsity. Like I was pumped. I was fired up. Like I was a really good athlete had a terrible knee injury so tore my acl meniscus and basically my recovery was like not optimal it was very slow um i was young i was 14 i didn't really like i was devastated it was a year recovery um and normally they are a year recovery but because they the way they repaired Some things like normally with a meniscus tear, you just take out the part that's teared and then you can start walking again. But I was in a wheelchair for like three or four months um, because I couldn't put pressure on it. So that was definitely like stole my identity a little bit. And like, oof, like I'm not an athlete. And I remember the first training camp because I played for a couple of like the Florida State teams as well. And I remember like my first training camp back after my injury, I went up to upstate New York, at Colgate university, and they were hosting like this big training camp. And I remember like, we were kind of like warming up, doing some like warm-up drills. And one of the coaches was like, Hey, like what, what position are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm attack. I, I you know, I like, I'm a goal scorer. Like that's, that's my thing. And then they were like, Oh, you'd be better, a better defender. And that was after my injury. And I was like, you know, like I lost it. Like I'm not a uh. defender. Like I was just slow. I wasn't like fearless anymore on the field. And so that definitely was like a little like heart wrenching to me knowing like I didn't want it to be over, but I was like, you know, sure. Maybe I can go D3 or, or whatever. Not Maybe, mm-hmm. but like it just, I wasn't the same athlete. I wasn't fearless anymore. And that definitely like took a toll on me, like in terms of like, who am I? And like, who like you know made me start thinking about like my body and like I never had to worry about what I was going to eat and how I was going to look. And mm-hmm. then I noticed you know I'm not as active anymore. And moving to South Korea, it was like they didn't have lacrosse there. We played soccer. It was quite competitive sports there because we played the other international teams. But like it was definitely something that was like you know I'm not I'm not that athlete that I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of you know university like my health and fitness journey turned into kind of like you know. I had a guy introduce me to like lifting weights and that was really cool. And I was like, Oh, like that was, you know, we were in a relationship and that was fun. Um, But then it became more about like kind of like that disordered eating situation. And I know like we spoke about that. And unfortunately like I'm bringing that up today because so many women struggle with this and they are silent about it. And it's like, you need to tell someone and you need to get the help because you know, that can really take an impact in like body image and not feeling like your best self and feeling like you need to eat less and you need to move more. Like I would go for runs and I would try to eat just salads and like, you know what I mean? Like nothing, you know what I mean? Just lettuce and, mm-hmm. and be fearful of food. And so that's my, my health and fitness journey took a, took a turn that way. I went from this like athlete to like wanting, who wanted to like fuel herself properly. And like, you know, like if I'm, I was on the cross trenchy team, I'm like, yo, we're going to eat pasta. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I went from seeing food as like fuel to then seeing food as like the enemy. Mm. Um, And that was a really like crazy, crazy journey for me. Um, and that's kind of like what I, why I do what I do now, because I want to help women. I want to help women who are putting in the work, who put countless hours in the gym. Like all the women I work with it's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's that they know they're such hard workers. And I want to like funnel all that hard work into the right places so that they can actually start getting the results that they want and not be afraid of food. Like, it's crazy when I get on the phone with women and they're like, Oh, like, what do you mean? Like eat 2000 calories. I'm like, this is just the beginning. Like, yes. Like fuel your body. You know what I mean? Like 2k calories, like do it up girl. So that's kind of like from there, I, that's when I started educating myself on proper nutrition and like, you know, the food science behind it, not just like, Oh, like you need to eat less calories or you need to go for runs. It's like, I'm sick of that. Like it's exhausting. And yeah. So then I, I hired my first coach in 2017. Um, his name is Paul and he's, a he was one, he actually just like kind of changed my life and like really started to introduce me to like, no, like this is how you exercise. Like, even though I knew how to exercise, like this is how you exercise to get the results that you want mm. and this is how you eat. Like, I remember the first time, like the first time he told me how many calories I had to eat, it was like 2,700 calories. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like so fed up with like, what I thought the health and fitness industry was telling me was right. And then like not really seeing the results, not really having the best relationship with food. And then it kind of just like changed my whole life. And then fast forward now I'm working with Micah and Ewan and they couldn't be more incredible. Um, So that's kind of, you know, and, and in between there, like finding a passion for lifting weights and, and being active. And my parents have always been quite active and really health focused in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So that also played a big role too. Just like wanting to feel good, want, knowing that, Like you can feel really good, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I I
0: totally know what you mean. Like I would always look at these people online or in the media or whatever, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, I want to look like her." And I didn't realize that these women were lifting weights and eating a lot. I would like, I had like my. Like my first boyfriend i remember he, we trained to, like we go to the gym together and he'd be like like come lift weights with me i'm like no, no no no, like that's a boy thing like i'll just do my cardio over here i was also super intimidated and i had some like bad experiences that kind of definitely added to my fear of weightlifting. but um then i like realized as i said in the past couple of years it's like these women whose body that i'm like oh my god i want to look like that like I don't mean it in like the cliche way, but like body goals. But it's just these were like strong, like curvy women. I was like, I want to look like that. I realize now it's from weightlifting and and nourishing your body, and it's just been like super empowering and super eye opening, um, and just so good for my mental health. And like, um, yeah, so I'm just all for women that are sharing
1: this message. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy how much misinformation is out there online. Like, cause I, I like to go and look up, like when you Google those, like those keywords, weight loss, uh, Mm. like, you know, cardio, like I want to see too. And like, you know, you pick up a magazine and it's like, lose five pounds fast. And then the next page is here's a cake recipe. And then the next page is like, (laughs) it's like, like so many different messages all at once. It's like, it, everyone overcomplicates it and mm-hmm. that's what drives me nuts because I was that person who like I would consider myself I'm not I'm not stupid like I, I'm like you know I'm a educated person but I was falling for all that BS mm-hmm. and it's so frustrating because it's like all these smart women who are freaking badasses are like so trapped by oh my god I don't know how to get these results I'm working as hard as I can I can't physically work any harder it's like working smarter not harder mm-hmm. and that light bulb moment it's like so empowering like when I get those messages like oh my gosh you've changed my life I'm like uh, that is so like that inspires me to like want to keep like sharing this message you know what I mean
0: yeah 100% I think oh well, I can't imagine if someone said that that would be that would be so insane like that'd be surreal
1: so I, cool. I love
0: it there's some oh, crying in oh 100% 100%, 100%. Happy um day, happy day. <laughs> yes yes so then What made you like want to get into naturopathic medicine? Like, were you going to naturopaths as a kid or like, how did you hear about that? So like you you went to school to be a teacher, right? And you did your undergrad. Is that right? So then what were you like, oh, I'm going to go to school to become an MD.
1: So I originally, I knew I wanted to get into like the health wellness potentially fitness industry um, kind of toying around with the idea of like a nutrition degree, like a master's in nutrition, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just because I am quite passionate about. Just like you know, naturopathic medicine has lots of different modalities, right? Mm-hmm. Like acupuncture, like t- like traditional. Yeah. Therapy. Wait. Should we just talk about like what what is naturopathic medicine? Yeah, you want yeah, me to we'll that, talk that first? About, okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically if you compare like in naturopathic medicine, a lot of people are like, what, like, what is that compared to like a regular doctor? Right. So mm-hmm. when you go to the regular doctor, you are telling them your symptoms and then they give you something to cover up the symptoms or to make the symptoms go away. And then, you know, it's like, cool. Now you are free of disease, I guess. Right. In the biomedical social model, that's kind of like, you get to a point, like, let's say you have illness and then you get to a point, it's like, okay, cool. Now you're free from that illness. But the, the biopsychosocial model is kind of like, okay, let's take into account like emotional, mental, physical, like your like your society, like where you live, your environment. And then that's optimal health because all of that kind of plays a massive role in your health. And that's what naturopathic medicine does. It, it gets to the root cause of your issues instead of covering up the symptoms with a, a pill. Um, but not that we don't, we use herbs, we use like different, there's so many things that we can use. Um, so kind of like, you know, making sure that people are having optimal health by getting to the root cause of the issue that's causing them symptoms. Like you can't just look at the symptoms and be like, Oh, well that's that. It's like very individualized medicine compared to like mm. traditional medicine and conventional medicine. I mean, it, there traditional medicine has made some amazing medical miracles and inventions that have are so important, like antibiotics, right? So important. Um, but I just feel like it's kind of, it's so protocol based and you're just like pushing people through the healthcare system. And it's like, I just think the integration of naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine is truly the future of medicine. Um, so yeah, I am excited about that, but I know there's some barriers for us that, that we need to break through. hmm
0: And we, we can talk further about, um, that I have a question kind of based around that.
1: So then, okay. So, so sorry. Did you, did you always know about naturopathic medicine? My, my mom has definitely been a big influence in terms of like health for me. So like we always grew up like you know no refined sugar like my mom was always online like looking up things like going to certain doctors like i went to actually a doctor to get rid of like my allergies as a kid who was a naturopathic doctor and um so kind of just being influenced that way and knowing that there is another side of medicine that you know we have to kind of work a little harder for especially back in like the 2000 early 2000s right like when my mom was doing kind of all this research like no one really knew about gluten and no one really knew about refined sugar but my mom was like all on top of that stuff mm-hmm. so like i even remember like we weren't allowed to have honey nut cheerios we were only allowed to have regular cheerios (laughs) you know there's too much sugar which I mean I'm thankful for now that I've had that influence um so and I heard about this school because I went to a naturopathic doctor um and so that was a good opportunity so this is before I moved to like New Zealand and Australia so that was a really Mm. cool opportunity to kind of like ask all the questions um and be like like what is it like and um I knew that it was definitely on my radar but when I had this experience to go overseas I was like. I'm going to take this. I'm so burnt out from teacher's college. Like I was that kid that like, you know, we had to dress professional to teacher's college. I was wearing like sweats, showing up 10 minutes late. Like I was like the the true rebel. Like I did not want to be there. And it was, could not be any more apparent, <laughs> but I got my degree and that's all that matters. Um, so I, I was just a little burnt out from school. So I, I always have known about it, but I didn't know it was like right in Toronto. So then coming coming back to canada i was like yep dude like i had the application done and dusted like and then they accepted me and i was like oh my gosh and then i was like oh my god panic! can i do this this is gonna be too
0: hard <laughs> um so the process is four years and like so you mentioned the school that you're attending you can't just go to any school right it's it's specific schools to become an atropathic doctor yes so it yes. is
1: like an accredited There are, like, about – I think, like, seven or eight, potentially nine in North America that are accredited. Um, But – so there's two in Canada.
0: Can I ask you what what does accredited mean? I don't know what that means.
1: Well, accredited just means, like, by, like, the Society of Naturopathic Medical Doctors. Like – Yeah. I think it's called – what's it? I forget, like, the – there's like a so the naturopathic medical community is like regulated, like right? Can't just, you're, the school can't just be like, well, we're going to offer the doctorate. It has to go through like a certain number of checklists. So there is like, and that's actually the difference between like a naturopath and a naturopathic doctor. Although in Ontario, naturopath and naturopathic doctor, you can you can use both of those names to call your naturopath. Like we own both of those names in Ontario, uh-huh. but like in Australia, for example it's totally different. Like a naturopath has just gone to like a two-year institution that got trained on certain modalities. So when you do go visit a naturopathic doctor, you need to make sure that they are from an accredited school that offers that four-year doctorate. I did not know that. I I knew like that happens
0: with like nutrition is very common. Like be calling yourself a nutritionist, like technically I can call myself certified in holistic nutrition I'm not a nutritionist and like there's so many things about that and like dietetics and things like that um I didn't know that about naturopathic medicine like I thought it was all the same
1: yeah I know it's Uh, it's definitely um I actually did like a video on it on my Instagram just because I was getting a lot of questions about like oh like I'm going to see a naturopath like and like clients from Australia and I was like wait but like, tell me what they go, were educated in. Right. Cause like, yeah. I'm not sure if I ever moved back to Australia, which like could potentially happen. Um, we'll see, we'll see like where, where, like, how do I kind of like, am I regulated? Like, am I, do I have that ability to go and practice naturopathic medicine there? Um, mm-hmm. but I haven't looked too far into it. Cause you know, one thing at a time here. Yes.
0: Can you expand further on like the difference between a medical doctor and a naturopathic doctor?
1: Yeah. So this is the, this is definitely a, a topic that Hits hits in some close to home, yeah, a little close to home. So, can you
0: explain why that is?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I mentioned uh just a little earlier. So, my sister is an emergency room doctor in Ohio, she is literally the smartest person I know. My sister, my sister's a genius. She took a year off in between her third and fourth year of medical school and got her master's in business. Yes, this this woman's a genius, like, yeah, like incredible incredible and she ha- is a massive like inspiration to me in terms of like wanting to be a doctor and wanting to help people the only thing is is like with the emergency room it's so protocol based so like for her like you know the latin term doctor actually means teacher so i mm. feel like i was like my my journey was like to go to teachers college to then become a doctor like i could not be any more like certain of that you know yeah. what i mean like i'm so glad i did that my sister is like she saves lives right where I feel like it's like I want to change lives and and really like educate people. So we do have different ideas of what a doctor is, um, but you know not all medical doctors are ER doctors. So a medical doctor like. There is a there's a picture actually floating around online right now that says like in a doctor's office, like you only have 10 minutes per appointment. Each appointment is one for one issue only, and that's in a walk-in clinic. And we're like naturopathic medicine is totally different. Like we like the first initial intake is like a whole hour. Like we want to know everything. We want to know like how you're feeling mentally, how you're feeling emotionally. Like it it really is treating the whole person instead of like what are your symptoms? Okay, cool, here's a pill, right? Like we wanna know all the details so that we can come up with the best individualized treatment plan ever. Now, what I'm not saying, I'm not bashing conventional medicine. Like, like I said, like they have created so many amazing inventions that have really made healthcare for what it is today and, and quite amazing and saved so many lives. But I just struggle that so many people, like I've heard so many stories of people just like slipping through that healthcare system and not getting the care that they need until they did like naturopathic doctors are usually like the last resort doctors like they're like i've been to a medical doctor i've been to this doctor i've been to a gastrointestinal intestinal doctor like been to an endocrinologist help me and it's really about getting to the root cause of the problem where some of these patients don't fit into the protocol and that's where naturopathic medicine comes in and it's not just like you know here's a pill here's pharmaceuticals we use herbs we use homeopathy we use traditional chinese medicine diet that is something like food is medicine. That for me is my passion, right? Like just the nutrition part of it is, is so powerful. Um, they say that there's five cures, right? It's a good diet, exercise, no smoking. Whereas I wrote it down actually before I want to know. Good diet exercise, non-sedentary. It doesn't have to be like going for walks every day. That's why I'm such a like, get your steps. Like it's so mm-hmm. good for you. Um, no smoking adherence to like, medical recommendations is number four, because it's like, yeah, like, especially if someone's like has hypertension, so high blood pressure, it's like, well, in order to get there, like you can use both diet exercise and the pharmaceutical to get them there. Um, and then the last one is less al- alcohol and less drugs. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
0: love it. So you are super passionate about diet. Like what would be your biggest advice. I want to, I want to poke that one. Like, what is your biggest advice to a healthy diet? What does that look like? And I know it's super, like, I'm asking a super broad question. It's very specific to each individual and their needs, but like, what are maybe like some of the main things that you see people doing that are really detrimental and what are some of the best ways that we can improve our diet?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So even, so I kind of see nutrition, there's like two perspectives. Like the first one is from a fat loss perspective. So normally in my Instagram stories, like I'll kind of come I'll be like from a fat loss perspective, this, mm. this, this, this. And then secondly, from a health perspective, right? Because they're mm. kind of two different parts of nutrition. Yes. But I like to intertwine them because for to get optimal results in terms of your physique, in terms of your health, you you should combine them. Um, And you can overeat calories and food with just healthy food, right? Right. Um, And I'll give you an example, like peanut butter, almond butter, like Mm -hmm. who can overeat that stuff, even though almond butter, it's like, you know, super healthy, that that's still calories and calories do matter, but quality matters too. So the biggest, I guess, things that I see with clients that I get on the phone with is they're not getting enough protein. Mm. And that, you know, I know a lot of people are vegan or vegetarian and don't want to have those animal sources. But there are lots of plant-based sources of protein they're just not as absorbable and even like from the research when you don't have the right combination of essential amino acids that you can get like complete proteins is that that's how you truly get um all the essential amino acids when you eat complete proteins now animal protein is complete plant protein there's like 99% of them are not complete. And it's really about combining like rice and beans, for example, can get you that complete amino acid profile. But there's research, like hard, cold, like cold, hard evidence on lack of amino acids from animal proteins and like mental health issues. It makes you more Mm -hmm. susceptible to anxiety and depression and things like that. And there are so many stories of like, Vegans who want to be vegan for like the animal rights, and I like I support that. That's beautiful and amazing. Um, but then when they implement more animal protein into their diet, they, they mentally they do feel better, and and physically it's part of like that's how your muscles grow, right? That's how if you're gonna be working hard in the gym or even exercising, like the, the protein is the base for your muscles. Like that's how it builds. It needs those essential amino acids even to just make neurotransmitters in your brain, like dopamine. It's so important. Um, so that's one thing I see, and then. Also just like volume of vegetables. A lot of people don't realize like how many vegetables they can eat and for how little calories, you know what I mean? Cause calories do play a role, but like load up on the veggies. Like that's one thing, like, it's not about taking things out of your diet. It's about like what you can add in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably like probably too, like for the women that I talk to at least not eating enough calories, like they are in a chronic state of a calorie deficit and they feel like crap. They're feeling fatigued, lethargic. It's like actually getting them to eat the proper amount um, first before before any fat loss needs to happen. Like you need to start fueling your metabolism the right way, and then you can start seeing results and and changing that baseline and manipulating the numbers so that you can you know look good, look your best, as well as feel your best.
0: Mm mm-hmm. I love that you're sharing about that. Uh, was it yesterday about the metabolism?
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I had it was, um, it was crazy. crazy yeah it's just so it's something that like yeah you might not be able to Google that and you might not be able to like it's not a quick Google right because I've tried to google it to see like what's what's up here yeah um, but it's it's honestly it's what works and it's what's the right thing to do, right because I feel like you know sometimes doctors are like, well, you know it depends on the, the the population too if it's a very like obese patient yeah there's the the problem is probably to eat less but also eating enough of the right things. So food mm. quality and quantity. Like it, it, one doesn't matter over the other. They're they're intertwined, just like the fat loss and like the health perspective of nutrition. It's like, you know, and that's why people ask me, like, oh, what are your thoughts on consuming protein powder? It's like, well, I mean, it's a really good source of protein. If you're getting GI symptoms from it, maybe find a different protein that will agree better with your stomach. And honestly, protein tastes really good. So for adherence to your diet, I don't think it's a bad thing to incorporate into your, into your diet once in a while, right. Right. Where some people on the end of the spectrum, they're like, it's processed. Don't eat it. It's like, we are living in a world full of processed foods. And like, I'm not I, as much as I want to fight them and be like the food industry is ruining food and, and, you know, making processed foods so easily accessible and cheaper than whole foods, which yeah I mean, a whole nother, that's That's a whole nother podcast. But like we, we, as people, if you want to enjoy your life and like, lean into that, like be like, you know what? I do want to have an Oreo, but I'm not gonna have a whole box. Mm. I'm gonna have it with you and really enjoy it and savor it because Oreos are delicious, right? Um that that's mentally healthier than you being like, oh my gosh, I need to stay away from that. Right. Like the stress that causes yes. you eating processed foods and being worried about it. That that's going to take a toll on your health too than you just being like, oh I had a donut and it was awesome and I'm gonna move on from it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's healthy. That's healthy mindset wise. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I love your approach to it. Like it's like the, the holistic part of it, you know, it's so true. Um, that was one thing. One thing I really I enjoy about you, you always do um, what I eat Wednesdays, right? Yeah. And I find them super valuable because I always found, okay, now when I started properly weight training and I'm trying to fuel my body and I'm tracking my macros and things like that, the people I'm seeing, they're eating like, these, these people that are like bodybuilders or whatever it is, like they're eating like this super refined, um, sugar, like protein bar. And then like their cartoned egg whites with like their white bread. And I'm like, I don't like this. And it just goes against. So then I like went to this completely, complete other side of like eating really holistically. Um, I was eating very plant-based to now eating completely opposite of like super refined food, minimal fruit and, vegetables and um, Healthy fats, complex carbs, because that's not what I want. Like, and and so I I find a lot of inspiration from you sharing that. As you said earlier, it's about wellness, but it's also about like if you are interested, like like tracking your caloric intake. And the other thing is like for the longest time, I was like, I'm never ever 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 going to be one of those people that has a scale and weighs their food because I thought that these people had a really bad relationship with food or things like that. And I think it's all relative, you know, it's different for each person. And as you said, um, I remember a while ago, you made a post talking, I think you made a post talking about that, like how it isn't bad to like track your macros. Like it's actually quite healthy because in our society, like we, like food is so abundant that it's so easily to so easy to indulge, or like eat a jar of almond butter. That's my go
1: to, and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people that have that negative relationship with like tracking their food is like they started tracking and they were trying to eat only a thousand calories. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. realized that that was so difficult. And it's like, change your mindset. Think about what if you had to track for 2,200 calories? Like, you would, trust me, you would have fun. And a lot of my clients, what they tell me is, they've actually, their relationship with food has improved because they're no longer scared. They, I actually had a client, I was talking to her. She, she's actually starting her own little one-on-one coaching business. So I'm excited for her. So I was gassing her up. I was like, girl, you gotta do this. <laughs> um, she was telling me, she's like, I just feel like I have this secret. Like I have no, now I am never, ever worried about like, will this make me gain weight? She's like, "Because mm. I know. I just know I have such a healthy relationship with food. Um, that, because you just know, like, and I always say like, everyone should at least track their macros for three months, three months. Yes. There's going to be learning curve. Like I'm sure like the first time I was tracking macros, I was like, what is going on? I have no idea. This is so confusing, but if you just stick with it and like, I always put so many tips on my Instagram, like I have a whole tracking you do. Like,
0: and honestly, like a side note, they are so valuable. I, I, I didn't know how to use my fitness pal or track anything for sure. Sh- and then I, you started posting stuff. I was like, I've been doing this so wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of people out, like, honestly. And then when I see, like, when I chat to women who were like, Oh, I'm already tracking my macros. I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're, we're here, but I like friend me on my fitness pal so I can make sure you're doing it right. And just like little tiny things are like, Oh crap, I've been doing that wrong. And then, you know, even for me, when I first started tracking on my fitness pal, I thought I was eating, you know, 2,300 calories, but really when I think back, I was probably eating like 26, 2700 calories because I wasn't <laughs> doing it right. Yeah. Even just like talking to a lot of like my, like my colleagues in naturopathic medicine, like now they're coming, like they want to know, like, I feel like I'm really trying to impact my, like my community on Instagram in a way that's like, Tracking your macros doesn't need to be negative. Tracking your macros doesn't need to be like, oh, like, what am I, like, it can be so simple and quick. It takes me, like, now it's like, I don't even think twice. Like, I don't even think twice about getting my scale and my silver bowls from Dollarama out. You know what I mean? It's just like, boom, done, like, done. Um, yeah, and it, it shouldn't be a high stress situation, but there's a learning curve. So I always try to, try to tell people, like, if you are going to be, like, do this, just stick with it and you'll be so good at it. Like, now my longstanding clients, they're like, like I love tracking my macros. I love knowing. I love knowing what I'm putting in my body because that's like self-care.
0: I completely agree. That yeah, I I for the longest time I had this narrative that it was like these people had a really bad relationship with food and it's like no 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 no. I'm someone who's like just super interested and I'm I'm really passionate about learning about food just for myself and nutrition. And so I but and I, I went to school for it. Like I studied it and I didn't even know what macros were that through the entire like portion that I learned about nutrition, right? And so just learning and just practicing tracking my macros, as you said, like even just three months, it's like understanding it's just it's good to know, to be mindful of like, okay, this has this amount of calories. This has this amount of protein. Like in order for me to feel good, I should probably have this many carbohydrates a day or I trained today. So I should be more mindful of my protein intake. And I also used to think like, Oh, I, I, my biggest thing was I thought I ate enough. I was never, it's never like a fat loss thing for me. It's more like a, a weight gain thing. And so I was always tracking and I was like, yeah, yeah, I eat loads. Like Volume wise, I was eating a lot, but calorically I wasn't. And also protein wise, because I ate so plant based at the time. Mm-hmm. I was I was missing so many so much protein. So just tracking it now, it's like I'm more mindful and I'm way more aware. We're like, if I'm being completely honest, we're in a lockdown and the gyms have been closed for like so long. So I'm not tracking at the moment, but it's like but I'm I understand. Like I'm more mindful now. I'm not tracking, but I'm like, okay, I had like some protein this morning. Like tonight, I should probably have like this. You, do you know what I mean? Like I, I understand food now, and you feel more empowered. And even too, like your your client said, like it's like you have this secret. Like I go out with people, and it's just so interesting. Like the it's interesting. It's genuinely interesting. Their their mindset on things. are like, oh, I don't want the bun on my on my burger, like I'm trying to lose weight, but then they add the bacon. And I'm like, okay, but if you actually knew how it worked, like you should have the bun because it's less calories than like adding the bacon and the avocado. Like you know what I mean?
1: I'm like, okay. (laughs) Fear of carbs. Oh it's going to kill me earlier. I've lost I've lost years off my life because of how many times I've heard like, oh no, I don't want the carbs. I'm like, what? (laughs) And that's actually one thing too that I might have missed is like women being afraid of carbs, like when I sit on the phone, it's like, well, yeah, no, I eat mostly fats and proteins. Like I try to keep the carbs low. I'm like, girl, your muscles are upset with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like some good carbs, like mm, they make your muscles look good. And that's even like Micah and you, like, this is like what they, they preach this too, is like, they do photo shoot prep. And it's like, they're like, no, we need to increase calories before you get in front of a camera because you're just going to look flat. Like, you're just mm-hmm. going to look like you don't not your best. You want your muscles to be filled with with like that that carb, like not in a bad way either. Like that makes you look lean, and that's like, yeah, I think that's a big thing for my clients too. Like really showing them, like okay, like you know, they're always like, am I eating too many carbs? I'm like, no, girl, keep smashing them. Like mm-hmm. you're doing it. Like your weight is dropping down. Like you know what I mean? Um, but it's like the unlearning. Like we've been told. I remember my mom sent me an article. And when I was in university and it was like all about grains, and how grains are so bad for you and grains, this and grains that. And I swear for five years, I was like, well, I'm not eating grains. Not I've eating been through those. Yep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not, not eating you. grains. Rice. Oh, no way. That's horrible. Like, that will kill me. That will kill me. and make me fat. And rice is one of my favorite foods. Like I love rice. I mean, I'm, I'm practically Asian. Can't you tell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the blonde hair for me.
1: No, <laughs> oh, but it's just like, so crazy that like all like everyone's always like yeah keto paleo it's like how about just a regular whole diet that you implement some yummy things once in a while maybe 15 20 of the time or if you have certain goals you're working towards yeah you might have to sideline a few food items but like it's like i explained it to this the other the other day it's like trap not tracking your macros where you're trying to lose fat is like you going into a pitch black dark room expecting to come out the other side very easily when if someone just offered you a flashlight so you knew where you mm-hmm. were going and you got to the finish like to the end of the room the dark room you would be much better off, and probably save a lot of health, like a lot of time, a lot of energy, and just a lot of like decision like decision fatigue. Like stub toes. You want yes, stub toes? stub toes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, there's my my daily analogy. I love it. Let's like print that on something, or yeah, uh, I should I should implement that
0: into my business. You should,
1: I should or I should it. write it down somewhere. Get a
0: tattooed on you. <laughs> um, I want to ask then what advice would you give someone that, um, is venturing into or wanting to become a naturopathic doctor? Because it seems like a, a big, it's intimidating to me, like a tall task. So
1: what, what, what tips would you give them? Honestly, like buckle up. That's kind <laughs> of like, honestly, it, it. this has been the most like difficult yet rewarding experience of my entire life. Like I've never experienced like the amount of like the amount of self pressure you put on yourself. Right. Cause you know, normally if you're going to become a natural doctor, you're probably a high achiever, right? You are like, you want to achieve things. You are going into a grad program. You know, it's four years, but like buckle up, but be kind to yourself. Like mm-hmm. you can't know everything you can't, you physically can't. So don't waste your time studying the small things for extra five hours for that extra 2% on your exam. Like it's not worth it. And that's what any, like in any medical school, like they will tell you that you need to study the high yield things. And that's something that I learned the hard way. Like, you know, I went from first year in, in, um, my naturopathic medical program to like waking up from anxiety at 5.00 AM studying before class, studying in between classes. And don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that I took the time and I studied, but like just mental health and yourself comes first and don't ever let anything like shake that up um, because it's just too important to, to forget about that aspect of things. And then also like, it's pretty empowering knowing that like, this is not that this is a new profession, like this type of medicine has been around for a long time, but I really think it's gaining like traction and it's like gaining you know speed and especially with like this all this immune health talk these days with COVID-19 kind of like on a rampage right now like simmer down COVID we need to we need to see people and hang out with people but I just feel like so many people are like that light bulb is going off and they're like whoa like my health my my immunity like I want to work on that and it's like man, like the ceilings are glass for us. Like I am just like, I feel like I have this like burning fire inside of me. Like I want to be a leader in this field. Like I want to help pave the way like to like what naturopathic medicine means. I know my colleagues feel like that because like I shoot the shit with more than a few of them. And it's like, there's so much passion there. And it's like, yeah, we just need to stop like kind of beating around the bush and making like trying not to upset the conventional medical field and I don't want to upset them but it's like we have something to say and we just need to be louder about it so I'm yeah as someone coming into this profession like just buckle up because it's gonna be a fucking sick ride
0: I love how passionate you are about it but it, it is true like I feel like especially if you're going into something that I, I can imagine you still unfortunately like maybe get some pushback or, like, some questioning on compared to, like, oh, if you are yeah. going to be an ND. It's, like, you're willing to face that and, and overcome that, like, hesitation or the questioning because you are so passionate about it, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's even, like, don't get me wrong, like, I love a good research article. A systematic review, mm, chef's kiss, nothing like it. Love, love some good research, like, trust me. But, that just because there's no research on certain things right now, right? Mm Because natural medicine doesn't get funding. It's conventional medicine gets funding because the pharmaceuticals is what makes money. No one makes money off of ginger. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Like I, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna. And so we don't get funded for that. So the research isn't there, but that doesn't mean it's not clinically relevant. And that's something like that I've learned too, because you know, you have different professors and different doctors and different fields and they tell you one thing, but then you ask the next your next nutrition prof. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's BS. Like everyone's going to have their different opinion and they see what clinically works. And I can't wait to just continue to get clinical experience. Like I'm getting clinical experience right now, just working with so many amazing, powerful women in Mm. in what I do, like with my virtual business and online business. But then I also get to see like in a clinic setting, like the clinically relevant things that happen there. Um, so it's, it's really cool. That's like, it is yes, research is so important and I want you wanna give your patient the most evidence-based treatment plan, but what if the most evidence-based treatment plan doesn't work for them? What if it's something else that maybe doesn't have as much evidence evidence behind it and it's safe and and it's not, you know, we're not gonna be like here, take this poison and maybe maybe you'll feel better? It's like, no, it's like there's you know. Those certain amount of naturopathic doctors out there that like, you know, they make, make a mistake and then they ruin it kind of for all of us or someone who's a naturopath and calls himself a naturopathic doctor and makes an error. And then it's like, our kind of community is looked down upon. And like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard those stories too. Like, yeah. Oh, but Naturopathic doctor. It's like, you can't I know so us, many like, medical doctors though that have like let me down, like my, my
0: medical doctor let me down, but we don't talk about it. You know, it's just like, Oh, it is what it is. It doesn't bash the entire medical, like, like
1: exactly. you know what i mean so it's like okay i'm sorry like 10 minutes like if i'm going to go to the doctor like i want my doctor to care like don't give me 10 don't put time limit on like my health and wellness right and i get like and i personally think like if a doctor if here's an example and i give this example all the time and it freaking pisses me off if you have an obese patient and they're about to go on hypertension medication and you say well you know the that doctor will say well you got to start moving and you got to lose weight so you got to eat healthier They're not. They're telling them what to do without giving them the tools. They're saying, "Here's your finish point. This is what you have to do." But next time you come back, we'll assess again, and maybe they give them a recipe, a low, a low-fat recipe, that they printed out from their nutrition elective in medical school. And I'm sorry, I'm not. I know my sister took her the nutrition elective, and it was kind of not that good. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no education. So if you as a doctor don't know how to help your patient, it is your responsibility. To refer out. I'm not saying that you need to know everything, but why don't you refer your patient to a naturopathic doctor? Hey, this patient needs help with weight loss, and this patient needs help with their diet. So if you can't help them, just like if I had a patient and they had a medical emergency, like if they had a heart attack, I wouldn't be like, get the herbs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would be like, We're gonna call 911. This is out of my scope. Like or answer. Like I'm not the quarterback to this patient's like treatment plan, but can I be of assistance? Absolutely. Mm.
0: Okay. Wait, so then I want to ask you, like in your ideal world, did I cut you off? No, no, no. Okay. In your ideal world, what would it look like working synergistically as an ND and an MD?
1: So ideally in a perfect world now, Like there are some, like, I don't have all the answers, right? Like in a hospital setting, an emergency room setting, is there a space for naturopathic medicine? Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. Well, like, you know, someone's heart stops, we're pushing one of Epi, like we're doing CPR, we're not, we're not using diet, like that's different in like, let's say a clinic setting. So like your general practitioner, like your family doctor. I think that you should be going to someone like a clinic setting where there's an MD, an ND, um, a, like a nutritionist, um, a physiotherapist. Like it should be an osteopath, like it should be so integrated and it should be like, oh, okay, cool. Like you have to go on uh you have diabetes. Okay, cool. We're gonna start you on insulin. But also here's our naturopathic doctor and she's actually going to teach you about the keto diet and give you a lot of tools on how you can eat properly so that your blood sugar stays regulated. Like, what about that? Like, why does it always just have to be like, here, take the pill? It's like, how about take the pill while you're trying to work it out? And then slowly, maybe we can come off the medication. And then you're like, you're better. Mm -hmm. That's my ideal. Like, that's my perfect medical world. And I hope one day to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, I just transferred like doctors, and she, um, I found her, and she works with a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist. And so, like, even the other day, I was talking to her, and she was, I was telling her like some issues I was having. She was like, "Okay, I'm gonna like give you a referral to the acupuncturist," and rah rah. rah. And I'm like, "This is cool because yeah. I struggled, I struggled for so long with my other doctor, and like I just got to the point of frustration, and I just left, and I didn't leave on good terms." And anyways, yeah.
1: Um, I have a question, answer, refer like, if, yeah. even a local doctor, if you don't know how to help your patient with their diet or coach them through it, refer just like we would. So it's like getting that same respect. It's like, I, and at the same time, I'm not here to like fight the conventional medical world and anything mm-hmm. that I do, it's a waste of energy. I will just do what I do and help people. And that, that's, that's what I need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to show, I'm just going to sh- like fight it through showing them what, what we can do and how we can seriously change lives. Mm
0: -hmm. your results will show like the answer, you know, they'll speak for themselves is what I meant. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a question I've always wanted to know (laughs) and I could just Google it, but like, what is, what is it? Chinese medicine or like Chinese herbs or like both of them? Like, what is that part of the practice?
1: Okay. So traditional Chinese medicine is, is, it's, it's a, it's actually, it's quite an artistic side of naturopathic medicine. So traditional Chinese medicine, it's actually like the oldest medicine out there. And we, you can use meridian points like acupuncture to basically you have organ like you have your regular organs. It's going to be hard to like, actually, I'm going to do this and like trying to do this in the best way possible. You have your regular organs, right? So your lungs, your heart, they actually have nothing to do with your traditional Chinese medicine organs. So they're your energetic organs, like your organs on an energetic level. So you can use different meridians on the body. So you have like different acupuncture points that do different things that release certain heat. And it's, it's actually quite an art and, the TCM kind of picture and the, that modalities didn't actually start making sense until my first semester of third year. And that's what I heard. I heard in third year, you'll be like, Oh, okay. Like I remember in first year I was like, Whoa, this is so abstract. Like it's so kind of difficult to like really wrap your head around, but the more you learn it and the more you like use it clinically and see cases, you're like, okay, I see, like, I see that picture and, I, and you can really make sense of it. So basically it's restoring your body back to Optimal health. Um, you know, it's the acupuncture can find the disharmonies through your pulses. You have different TCM like pulses that the doctor will feel and will be like, oh, like, you know, your pulse feels this. So we're actually going to do this meridian to make sure like that organ is functioning properly. And so you can use acupuncture through that. But at the same time, acupuncture also can use from like an, um, a muscular perspective. So I'm sure like you've got acupuncture if you had like a sore muscle um, you would put acupuncture, like dry needling. So there's kind of two parts of acupuncture. One is like that muscular kind of restoration, right? Cause you're bringing blood to the area. You're, it, it truly does like that's mm-hmm. super evidence-based. Um, but the TCM perspective of acupuncture is like meridian based. So, um, yeah, like basically using your body's energy points to like release certain energy to make your body back into like full harmony. That's so,
0: I actually have never had acupuncture, but like even within the last week, it's come up every single day. It's actually been insane. My doctor, and then yesterday I had a phone call with one of my friends and like, she was like, oh, sorry, like I was just at acupuncture, like, sorry, I'm late. I'm like, okay. Um, and I really want to try it now, but I always thought it was just like, it would just, as you said, just the muscle. I didn't realize it was more like the energetic
1: points yeah. too. It's actually pretty cool. Like I've heard some awesome fertility stories on acupuncture. Mm. Really struggling to get pregnant, and acupuncture. Like there are some amazing acupuncturists out there that, like, for skin, for fertility. Like there are so many, even like, um, like anxiety, depression. Like so many cool things that are traditional Chinese. Like, get a good like acupuncturist. Like get one who like went to China and learned that trade. Like that is it's it's an art, and that's why I always like naturopathic medicine is it's kind of like this beautiful battle between like art and science. Hmm. And you know, at first, when I first started medical school, I was like, no science all the way, like just evidence-based like, duh. but through my program, as I'm shaking, like my freaking computer is going. Like, I, I need to like bring the passion down like ever. So I
0: This is what makes me the most excited. The happiest about interviewing people is when I'm interviewing people about and talking to people about things that light them up. And they're so passionate about like, that's what I'm passionate about is talking to people about things they're passionate about. So I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you're like, Oh, this girl needs to never, cool. never. But, yeah. Like it, it's just this beautiful battle. And like, like I just, just said, like I was so into like just evidence-based, like just the science. And that's probably my sister too, just being like, make sure you stay evidence-based. And yeah. I just feel like as I've grown through this program, like there have been ups and downs, like studying for 11 exams in a row, like, that 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 weighs heavily on you, um, and just really honoring that like emotional and mental like side of myself. Like I feel like I wouldn't have gotten where I am in that place if I didn't go through this program. And like it's not even done yet. Like I can't even wait to see like what where I'll be in a year from now. Like I've just learned so much about myself, right? Because it's like. You know the first time anyone ever like feels something it's like you did undergrad and that was all fun lots of partying lots of drinking and then like this program is just like has forced me to level up on so many different levels like you know truly finding moderation with my health and fitness so that I could you know study and do things that I'm passionate about while still doing all those things I'm passionate about. Um, Like, you know, the health and fitness side, I feel like that can take over your life sometimes like getting to the Mm -hmm. gym seven days a week. Like, no, that's, that's, that's not how you get a doctor you can't, you know what I mean? Like you need balance in your life. So I'm just looking forward to like, rest of this and just to enjoy the ride you know not it's gonna be a hard ride still but i'm I'm here for it i'm here for it
0: i'm excited to see like to watch it as well like it's it's awesome it even seems as though it would force you since you are it's so demanding and you are so limited on time to like get clear on what's important to you as well
1: yeah and like i started this this journey like for me is a little bit later in life so i obviously did a lot of traveling after my undergrad just because Mm -hmm. i was like oh canada let's see what australia and that fake world has to offer, right? Because it is fake life. Like, come on, like, hundred <laughs> percent. I miss uh-huh. I <laughs> I like, it every day.
0: I know. Every freaking day. And like, now that my boyfriend's here, it's like this morning. Even um, it's minus thirty-five today, and and um, he like had to walk home, and he's like, oh, puts his head over the
1: blanket, and he's like,
0: I just want to be in Australia.
1: <laughs> he's like, I need a hype up for this walk. I'm like, yep. Oh man, moving home was honestly the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. Especially if you are sponsored, I couldn't imagine, that would be... sponsored and in a relationship. It was just the whole... Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. And like, it wasn't something drastic that brought you home, you just like... It was basically just this burning fire inside of me. Like, I'm quite a decisive person, even mm-hmm. moving from New Zealand to Australia. Like, you know when you just know... That was something I just knew I had to do. I wasn't even questioning it. I had just got my heart broken. I got dumped so hard. It was like that, the, the hardest I've ever been dumped before. And I was like, okay, I'm moving to Australia. And even just talking on the phone with my parents, like they were just like, do it. Like you, there's nothing in Canada right now for you. Like just go explore. Like they were so supportive of it. And I was like, but I'm poor. They're like, you have to sort that out yourself. can't. <laughs>
0: Literally. I feel um, that too. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I just even moving back from Australia, like, even though it was a hard decision, I just knew in my heart of heart, I was like, he's not the one. I hope if, if he's listening to this, oh god, I'll die. Shout out
0: to you if you're listening. I don't
1: do you're he's a sucker. <laughs> I'm a bitch. <laughs> he's not the one, and this is not my future right now. Mm-hmm. Like that is just what like it was like this whisper, like it was kind of like this whisper in my head. And like, I kept getting that even being like a teacher, like, isn't it supposed to be better and more beautiful than this? Like that's like, and if anyone is having that right now, the answer is fuck. Yes, it is. So go and find out what that is. Don't wait around and like, don't fit into society's puzzle of like, Nope, I have this job. I went to school for it. And like, I just need to stick it out and no fuck. No, you don't go out and find out what, what makes you passionate and just go do it because it is supposed to be more beautiful than that. And that's, I will hold out for that for love too because it is supposed to be beautiful.
0: It is. It is. And then there's all these shoulds that we put around life and about how we live our life. And it's just so false. And you can question everything, literally everything. And you can live every part of your life on your own terms, no matter what that is, whether it's relationships, your lifestyle, your occupation. Um, Yeah. I'm right there with you, girl.
1: Right there The thing that holds, I think a lot of people back is like caring about what other people think. And honestly, that was something that I had to do a lot of work on in order to start sharing what I share on Instagram. Like that was a big thing for me is like, what will other people think about me if I start sharing this stuff? And I've always been pretty outgoing. And, but my, my Instagram beforehand was more like, I'm in Australia. It's like a lifestyle travel page. Like, you know, I was never like Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. You know what I mean? Even though yeah. I mean, like, you know, now I guess I am.
0: <laughs> but you're not. It's so no, authentic. No. It's not like that in any way. I, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Like I don't vibe with those kinds of people. So you know.
1: And I don't either. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to like. I want to be a true like. And like when I say influencer, I want to influence people for the better. I don't want to mm-hmm. influence be like. Here's my Zulu water bottle. now was Zulu's yeah. shout out by my water bottle. I want to be like influence you in the right way, like in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, or just like that was big for me. Like now I feel like I can jump on Instagram and be like, what's up guys? Like I obviously I prepare a little bit, but I think the less I prepare, the better off it ends up being anyways. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So how did you get over that? Like getting over um the feeling of worrying about what other people think?
1: I think just COVID, like that first lockdown made me do a lot of like introspection and just being like you know, like kind of like life's too short to care about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And like Michael was a massive part of that. Like, I remember they used to hold like business kind of Q and A's and like, and they're, they're doing like, they help other coaches with their business and they're such a good support that way. And Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, I remember one day I was just like, I'm scared. I'm scared of posting stuff. And Michael was just like, just, just do your first video like just do it and like that's gonna be your goal for this week and message me when you when you post it and so I sure enough I did it and yeah she was just like okay yeah this is the first one you're gonna like look back on this and like probably laugh at yourself and I actually look back because I still have that video up and I will never ever delete it because it just shows like it was the beginning of me posting it and I look back and I cringe. I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Whatever that was, that's like, it's doing it imperfectly, taking imperfect action. And the first time you do it, isn't going to be the best anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. And I I respect that you don't delete it because as someone that's like, when I was starting out, I always, we always idolize these people that have like made it or are successful. Right. And we're trying to model like our, our life, our direction or whatever it is kind of after that. But it's like, everyone starts somewhere, you know? And it's like James Clear talks about like your first blog post is going to be horrible, but your 1000th is going to be great. And like you, for me, I almost look at it as like, we need to get all these kinks out of our system. So the more that we show up, the sooner we get it out of our system and we'll be good. Right. And so um, I also too, but like something that I love doing is going back and seeing like um, Tom Bilyeu's photo of him when he first started Quest in like his apartment. You know what I mean? And now look at him and he's like, this crazy entrepreneur and whatever. And just, there's so much value in that, especially if you are just starting out. And so like, I respect that you, you keep it on there because like, even if I was to go back and look at it, I'd be like, oh, cool. But I will just say, I was actually like, so I was scrolling on your Instagram, uh, the other day, getting ready for our chat. And I didn't realize that you only just started showing up in that way. Like, you said, what was it? Beginning of COVID. I thought you had been doing this for years. Like I'm not just, I was like, wait, what? I was like, did she delete stuff? Cause then it was like, yeah, it was like you in Australia.
1: Seriously. Like this business took off so quickly for me. Like I am so grateful for that. Like as soon as honestly, as soon as I just started showing up as my authentic self, I like, I didn't, I don't really like, go searching for followers. Like, I don't like, I do the hashtags. Cause like, I think I don't know. I'm like, no, no, you not gotta feed not- The algorithm. Yeah. I, gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta help myself somehow. Yeah. But like, I really try to not focus on the followers and me getting big on Instagram. Like, I don't care how big I get because I know what the amount of engagement I get and the messages I just get from women and men being like, your information is so valuable. You've actually helped me so much just from your information that you're putting on Instagram. I'm like, yes. Like, That is like, I do that for free because I want to do that. Like, I am so passionate about that. And I want people to like feel their best and look their best. Like, you know, a lot of women who they're, you know, scared of gaining weight to eating more calories. It's like, girlfriend, you are going to look bomb AF. Like, don't worry. You're not, you're not going to be fat. You're going to look bomb. Like, Mm -hmm. kind of just empowering women that way. But I've honestly been doing this since like the beginning of COVID.
0: Honestly, like it's actually insane. Like, how you show up, it's it's true. It's just so – it seems so natural for you and everything. It's honestly just – like, I got, like, goosebumps when you said that, like, just showing up as your authentic self. And, like, as much as I have, like, a love-hate relationship with social media and, and whatever, but it's, like, okay, at the end of the day, like, this is where we're going. I've actually met amazing people, including yourself, through it. So it's, like, I don't know why I have such a negative mindset around it, and I'm trying to shift that. But I, I actually was, like, kind of feeling – like yesterday, I was feeling kind of just like meh, meh, because um I had like a a meeting with someone and and they were talking. They they run a podcast as well, and they're like, so like, what's your what's your um social media strategy? And they're like, yeah, like what's your what's your branding colors? Like these are my four colors, and like um you know what I mean? Like what's the template that you use? And like what's your strategy? And I'm like, oh, uh, I just like things that I like and like talk to people I vibe with. And I know that like, okay, if you want to build a brand out of this or whatever it is, you do kind of have to play the game. But I also, it was just like, after I was like questioning my life and I was like, well, I just really like podcasting and I'm just following that. Like, I don't know how I could monetize this or whatever it is, but I just, I'm following my curiosity, my interests. And I hope that, you know,
1: something Absolutely. happens. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I currently don't have brand colors and like I'm actually working with actually my old roommate from Brock University I've just hired her to like help me kind of develop like some like equal not equal what's the word I'm looking for kind of like some like unity across my yeah okay brand but like you don't need that you just need to show up as your authentic self and like that's what makes all the difference. Like, you know, like, yeah, sure. There's a social media strategy and there's ways you can do posts and things like that. But a lot of the time, like people are like, Oh, do you plan for your social media? I'm like, it's my lifestyle. I feel like I don't need to plan. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I get a little overwhelmed and I'm like, people really like to see what I eat, but then I'm like, I want to be more than just, people seeing what i want to eat like and so i stopped posting that for a while but then i got people who were like show us what you eat and i'm like i know i i i will because that's part of it but i just wanted to make sure that people were staying for other information first yeah you know? totally. just testing my followers and they yeah. passed they passed the vibe check so thank they you for <laughs> <them. laughs> yeah. um okay okay
0: one one more question i, I want to close off with and it's again it's a super broad question but um, throughout your journey in natural, naturopathic medicine and also just your journey, um, in your own he- personal health and fitness journey, what would be your biggest like health and wellness tips and advice and that are like all encompassing? Does that kind of make
1: sense? Yeah. Or is it too broad? So like, basically you're saying like, how do you find optimal health? Yes. Yeah. The ultimate question. So there, the one thing that I am really passionate about is like the gut brain connection. Ooh. So like the gut as your second brain, right? Because there is a nerve that connects your brain to your gut. It's called the vagus nerve, but they're two different nervous systems. So you have your central nervous system, so like your all your nerves, your spinal cord, and then you have your enteric nervous system. So that's like your gut. That's the nervous system that runs your gut. And it's interesting because 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 <laughs> <I really> <laughs> if if you if your central nervous system kaput your enteric nervous system would survive if your enteric nervous system died your central nervous system would not be able to survive so that yeah you look sure like <laughs> hey am <Adam." laughs> like are you what happened you like what <laughs> but seriously that's that's kind of how powerful your enteric nervous system is and how powerful that gut brain connection is so if you are fueling your body with things that are inflammatory and a lot of them and refined sugar and things like that you're not going to be okay up here Mm -hmm. so the first step and I always say this like when people are like what supplement should I take I'm like don't worry about your supplements like eat properly get the proper amount of sleep honestly sleep and mental health is so connected it's actually crazy the fact that I know about this and I still sometimes don't get my full eight hours I'm, I'm upset with myself I'm like, how could you do that to yourself?
0: It makes it worse. Like when I know I only have six hours of sleep or something the next day, normally I would have just like not thought much of it, but then it's like all day. I just think, Oh, everything, everything yeah. that goes wrong that day is because I only had six hours of sleep. Yeah. My life is falling apart because I got yeah.
1: six hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is like a huge like sleep. And then also like what you're feeling in your body, but just kind of a lot of people are like, okay, I want to get healthy. Like, how do I get healthy? Like what supplement should I be on? It's like, Start up here as well, like the mental and the social, like mental being mentally healthy is so important because you can't be healthy if you are not mentally healthy. And the social connection, like social connection is so important for health that we don't realize that. And and I think COVID has kind of proved that for a lot of us. Um, that's de- It's definitely proved it more for me, even just learning about it. Cause like we take psychology courses in my program. Like it's oh, more cool. than just like, we take all the sciences. So everything that medical doctors will take in their first two years, like biomedical sciences, but we take psychology, we take nutrition. So it is, it's, it's so intense, but it's so good. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. is that true health, like the psychological aspect of it um, mentally, like even working conditions, like things around you, like they, they have like this pie chart. That's like, you know, the determinants of health that it's like diet, exercise, all the things that we kind of talked about and social connection and social connectedness in your environment. is like a good 25% of that pie chart. And so it's so important to like, that's what true health is and movement, get your steps, walk, move. Don't, even if you don't have no time for the gym, just get moving get walking like that will keep you healthy long for a very long time. Mhm. Awesome. I hope I answered that question right. Um
0: a million percent you answered it right. Can I ask one more thing on it? Sorry. But what are what are some ways that we can boost the health of our enteric nervous system? So, yeah, vegetables.
1: Lots of vegetables, <laughs> period. Yeah, reducing refined sugars. Okay. Like that is huge. Like so okay, the way so you have your gut cells and they're like, I'm going to show you, but if people are listening, they can't see. Basically they're like, they're little blocks next to each other. That's how the cells work. So they're like, here's a cell, then here's a cell. And there's no space in between them. Like they're just very equal. But when you have inflammation in your gut caused by wheat, dairy, or gluten specifically is inflammatory. Dairy for a lot of people, refined sugars, things that your body doesn't like. And it could be different for everyone, right? Depending on Maybe you have a certain food sensitivity that other people don't like. For me, cauliflower. I freaking love cauliflower. It does not love me. That causes inflammation in my gut. So what happens is the cells, like there's inflammation. So they kind of start spreading apart because they're inflammation. And then things can get through between the cells and go into like our lymph system and into our body, into our bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we don't want. want. We want to keep all that stuff in there and we want to pull the nutrients from there. We don't want to, it's actually, have you ever heard of like leaky gut? Yeah inflammation. Mm. Right. So that you keep your enteric nervous system healthy by reducing the inflammation. And I'm not saying that, you know, that one ice cream cone you had on a date is going to like, you know, you might have some constipation, but overall like zoom out and look at your diet as a whole right? Everyone gets caught up in like, oh, this needs to be so healthy. Like, I can't have this, this, and this. It's like, well, if you have symptoms from having that, absolutely take that out of your diet. Like I was saying with protein powder. But if you are just like calm and enjoying yourself and you want to have a donut once in a while, that that one donut is not going to make you ill and it's not going to kill you. The, the constant eating of refined foods and sugar, that is what will create inflammation in your gut. Um, so if, you know, 85 to 90% of the time, you are eating whole foods, fueling your body properly, like you're, you're good. Deal, deal with like, worry about supplements after you nail the basics. Mm. So vegetables, lots of like lean, like protein, healthy fats, especially like, you know, like olive oil, avocado, like don't, don't eat that canola oil shit. Like don't, don't eat things that are processed try Just try your best, try your best and you don't have to be perfect.
0: Mm. That's awesome. I think it's a, an awesome note to finish on. Um, so, with that being said, if people are um, want to connect with you, they want to learn more about you, maybe work with you,
1: where can you be found? They can find me on Instagram. I am Ray Ray All Day with two Y's at the end. So, I'm sure, it, honestly, yeah, there's not many of us out there. Um, there's someone on Twitter that's Ray Ray All Day with one Y. And I asked if I could switch. I asked her and was like, hey, I really want to be like my that with one why instead of two she never answered me on twitter so twitter i think i have three why's but don't follow my twitter it's just a bunch of bullshit
0: okay um and that will be in the show notes as well and if people want to work with you um and your body recomposition that's through that instagram is that correct your instagram
1: instagram is the only basically i'm all day on like a lot of platforms they can also find me on linkedin but okay that's more for like adults.
0: Yeah. I know. I don't. I have it, but I don't know how to work it. I just keep getting notifications.
1: We should be friends, and then I'll endorse you for something really cool.
0: But I don't even know how to be friends on LinkedIn. One of my friends oh, got me on it.
1: I'll follow you. I'll I'll figure it out. What is it? Follow,
0: link, whatever? Connect. I think they call it. Oh, okay. It. I know. All these cool words. Well, Rachel, honestly, I always love talking with you. You're like a pocket of sunshine, but like like nourishing sunlight because I get I get so much information. I'm like, whoa! I never thought of this. Yeah, yeah, Rachel, you're right. You're right. And I, I leave feeling so empowered. And that's something too that we didn't touch on. And I just wanna, I just wanna touch on it now. Um, as a woman following another woman, uh, in especially in like the health and wellness industry, you are such um. You, you empower other women, and you shout out other women, and you're just so uplifting to other women, and I just think it's so powerful, and it really inspires me to do the same because I feel as though maybe it was just me, and maybe I'm just a bitch, but I feel like I grew up in a society that viewed other women as competition and someone else's power taking away from my own power, which is completely false, so I just want to say thanks for doing that and, and for to keep doing what you're doing.
1: That is so lovely thank you so much for saying that I totally know what you mean like it is it's like women are just so easily intimidated by other women it's like don't let your insecurities like keep you from meeting amazing women and helping mm. and like you know I always say like it's like fixing their crown behind the scenes so that they can be the true queen that they are in front of an audience and that's what that's what I like to do with all my clients I feel like I'm like yo girls I'm here for you you know yeah
0: it's it's beautiful and i i can see that you know i just it's, it's very clear just as you as a person it goes beyond just the social media it seems seems it's just who you are so it's awesome so thank you rachel rachel thank you once again for coming on the curious one podcast and sharing a bit about your story to close out the conversation i wanted to share a quote from audrey lord it is never easy to demand the most from ourselves from our lives from our work To encourage excellence is to go beyond the encouraged mediocrity of our society. But giving into the fear of feeling and working to capacity is a luxury only the unintentional can afford. And the unintentional are those who do not wish to guide their own desires. As always, I just want to say a huge thank you to you, the listener, for your time and for your attention and for joining me and Rachel in this conversation today. I hope to connect with you soon and I'll see you in the next episode. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at The Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.